0: Of course, Leverage Redemption wouldn't be the show that it is without the setting that they were in this season. The city of New Orleans gave a beautiful backdrop and through one of the most challenging times for the city and for the state, through one of the most active storm seasons and in a global pandemic, the city showed so much love. So on behalf of the cast, crew creators and us here at The After Show, we want to give a big thank you to that city. Much love. We truly appreciate you, Nola.
1: Hello, New Orleans and everybody in it. Noah Wiley here. Just wanted to say thank you for housing and feeding me for eight months last year. I couldn't have had a better time. My family had an amazing time, and we really hope to come back. I know you're going through a hard time right now. Our thoughts and prayers are with you.
0: Our hearts go out to you. We're we're linking help to you guys to get it out there, and we're just thinking of you, and we miss you, and we hope to be back with you guys soon.
2: From all of us in the Leverage cast and crew, i just like to say, Thank you, New Orleans. We love you, and we are sending our support.
0: New Orleans, we love you. Your
3: resilience and your beauty are what makes our show our show. Hey, guys. uh, To everyone in New Orleans, uh, all of us here from Leverage are thinking of you, and we're sending you all our love and support.
1: I hope that you guys are safe, and I hope that you continue to stay safe. All my love. Thank you.
0: We love you, New Orleans. Welcome back to the
4: official Leverage Redemption After Show, a very distinctive podcast here on Electric Now. We are so excited to be back for the mid-season premiere of Leverage Redemption. I am Yael Teagle.
0: And I'm Felicia Michelle. Yel listen, we're going to tell you guys, while we were gone, while you were waiting, we came up with so much more to add onto the After Show.
4: Yeah, we have all of that, plus of course our exclusive interviews for you to check out, because today we are talking Season 1, Episode 9, The Bucket Job. This episode is, I would say, one of my favorites, which is very surprising because it's a Christmas episode. Oh, yeah, no. And I am not a fan it's, of Christmas episodes. It's the
0: most wonderful time of the year, y'all.
4: That's what I hear. Um, what did you think about this episode?
0: Um, first off, there's just two words that come to mind. LeVar Burton, okay? Literally, we watched this together and I screamed when I saw it. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know, childhood nostalgia, like all these feelings came up so it's not only just watching a show that we loved um coming back again like it's Lovar burton's on there right and he's a librarian i literally started singing the reading rainbow song kind of in my head when i saw him i was like (laughs) yes i will take a look in a book yes i will
4: i uh definitely felt that vibe but i was too distracted by the amount of times that they call him the librarian in (laughs) in a show
0: starring someone who played the librarian you know, the writers of Leverage Redemption are very punny and um <laughs> there are many times in the second and the second half where we see them make you know jokes to, you know, the librarian's even ER, you know. So it's just right. it it's I loved it.
4: Yeah, I loved it too. I will say if I were playing a drinking game, it would be every time they say the librarian. <laughs>
0: Seriously, though. I mean, it was very like, I don't know, just seeing LeVar in in like an acting role again like that. It just really made me excited, although he should have the role of host of Jeopardy. But I'll leave that to another discussion for another another day.
4: Yeah, I really love this character. Uh, He was Robert Blanche. I love the storyline of who we think he is at the beginning. I think, you know, he's this. He is what you want from a librarian. He is this this safe place. He is a wonderful... Compassionate. Yeah, compassionate being. Mentor. Right.
1: What we like to do here is recommend good books. So, what can I do for you today?
4: Um, A sanctuary of sorts. And then, even better...
0: The twist is... Even better, he is a spy. He is not, like, a spy. He's, like, the spy. He is Copperhead. He is amazing. He
4: has... The floppy disk. The floppy disk. I, look, before we get to the floppy disk, <laughs> I want to talk about the action
0: uh,
4: in this because there's a lot of physicality
0: in that. Yeah, and it, and I didn't even kind of realize it until just now we brought it up. We had Lavar with with um, Elliot, who's the most physical character like in this show, and. Lavar was killing it. I knew something was going on, and I was like, "Why did he steal the car? Like, how does he know how to do that? Like, these are not skills that a librarian has." Well, he, I
4: definitely was like, "This man has read about this. He is he is fully he knows all of it on paper." So this is his first time putting it into action. I was wrong, but that is how I interpreted it at first. Is that he, you know, he read a story about someone and was like, "You, this is what I've
0: learned." The way we get that introduction to his character, even to this um, con, which is not. A, Not con, a con, yeah, but becomes something totally different and takes us into so many different sections in this episode. The twists and turns were literally like I, we were eating snacks and I stopped eating snacks. <laughs> so I was just we were watch was watching what was happening.
4: I I really love this. I love that you know. It is the team doing something different. It isn't a con. It is them helping someone um, in a different way, giving him this Christmas wish, I guess.
0: Little, little do they know.
4: Little do they know that then they are helping him and doing a con. I I really loved the twists, as you were saying, um, and the way that it ties into the story so beautifully. Right. In that it then connects to our bad guys, R.I.Z.,
0: they're around for they're around for good like they are like <laughs> really like they I don't like them mm-hmm. but I but I love but I love to see it Um, especially you know when they took Elliot like they captured Elliot and I was like this is like what they're thinking is gonna like be the dream for them and the red haze of it all I think sometimes with um our, our OGs we are just like, oh, well, they're beyond this point of all the things that have happened to them. And you see flashbacks for Ellie. And you're like, wow, yeah. like this is still to the core of him, wh- what he's still experiencing emotionally about the things that he has done in his past.
4: Yeah, I think it was a really interesting way to remind us, you know, the same way that the season premiere, uh, the first episode of the new series, uh, reminded us, uh, or I guess, Yes, it was the first episode at the end when Hardison is explaining to Harry um, that he's still on his road to redemption. He wakes up every day and says there's more to do. And so we have this nice mid-season premiere to remind us, hey, you know, if you stopped watching after Aiden took a little break and now you're back, he has more to do. He's he's living through this still.
0: That and that they have these... uh... Weapons, um, right. these psychological, chemical weapons. Right. And now that, like, oh, that's a thing that exists in this universe. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's talk about
4: him getting out of that, out of that situation. First off, I the the, the, chair, the chair flip. flip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the chair flip. My back hurt watching it okay i was like my back and my shoulders hurt like i feel (laughs) like i need a brace like how he just it was awesome
4: i loved it not just the chair flip but then when he comes out the like armrests are still attached to him and he he did it i was like he's wolverine
0: i I literally (laughs) said that it was very it was very wolverine-esque yes I, i don't mind I don't mind. The action and speaking of the action too, just shouts to LeVar Burton for the physicality yes. of all that. I don't know how much he actually right. did, but um, yeah, what did they say? Like a A R P like butt whooping or something. <laughs> that was hilarious.
4: I, I really enjoyed um LeVar Burton playing this character, right? We meet him and we find out that he is uh he is stage four cancer. Yeah. Um and now he's having episodes with his heart
0: and and then we see him really like kick butt. It makes you wonder, like, wow. In your heyday, would you have been a part of this team that we see, or like, w- what were, you, like, what were you capable of doing twenty, thirty years ago before you right. went into hiding? Yeah, I'm.
4: I'm so impressed, and I think it was just such an amazing performance, uh, especially from such an amazing actor. Um, let's let's talk about the floppy disk.
0: First off, I was it, like, it took me a second. I was like, floppy disk floppy disk like okay no I do remember those <laughs> literally they just looked just looked like like this like with the little sliding remember the little sliding yes. part and they're like don't touch it right there it's gonna mess it up yep. And it's like you're looking for a floppy disk do you know what that is do you know what this is this is a 386 gateway 2000 pc with a floppy Oh
4: I, I want to talk about uh, Elliot's family situation
0: Mm.
4: at the end of the episode um elliot is going to reconnect with his father um, with someone named at least we know whose name starts with the letter j Um, the last time i believe and i'm letting the fans correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that the last time we even heard about his or, or saw him go see his father was uh in season one episode three the two horse job and so that has been. That's a long time to right, not a,
0: spend the holidays together. as a million
4: years ago. So I am wondering. You know, we have this. He's going to go see him, and his father he flakes. Flakes, so he doesn't go
0: at all. My thing was, why did you throw out the gift? You could have just took it back. Right. Home with you. You, you. Maybe you need it. Um. It's it's sad because again, we saw Elliot deal with the effects and not even just during the time that they were giving him the red haze, but even after like the after effects of it. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, okay, I'm trying to reconnect and rekindle and have the thing that I see everybody else have. And you try and you can only do so much on your end. Like a relationship is a two way street. Right.
4: That's true. Speaking of relationships, um, (laughs) what did you think about the fact that Hardison sent uh, Maurice, the kid who came to them and asked for help? (laughs) Yeah. What did you think about that being his gift to Parker?
0: Oh, well yeah, you we see how giddy she gets whenever she's about to do like literally she just jumps up and down. She's like the childish part of her that I absolutely love and I think that everyone loves about her. She gets excited about that and she wouldn't have had anything to do for Christmas otherwise. They were going to take a break. All they wanted to do was relax. <laughs> but this is this is probably relaxing. You know, this is the interesting part was creating a con Of a con to a spy. If we had to try to explain this episode to somebody who didn't watch it, it'd be nearly (laughs) impossible.
4: Yeah, (laughs) that is true. Um, What did you feel about uh, Sophie's really, like, narrating not just how cons work, but how the story works in that, you know, we had to convince this guy who's not a mark. We had to push everyone and maneuver and, and really manipulate the story in a way that is much more i think gentle than the way they would a- attack a mark
0: yeah because um they have this is a compassion thing mm. and uh, for the person for the for the mark that they're going for in this con and usually it's you know we're trying to create leverage with all of our other cons we can't there's we can't stand certain aspects of them we see our team doesn't like certain things that they do whether whether that's because they recognize deficiencies in themselves that are also in you know this person is doing wrong to other people it's always a disdain and it's not ever like a, oh, wow, I feel so bad for mm-hmm. this person. Like, we don't ever feel bad for the mark, they're mark for a reason, because they did something terrible.
3: Mm.
4: It's interesting you say that because we have more episodes that we'll be talking about that they do uh, walk that fine line. Um, but we'll get to that
0: in they the they, they the writers yes the writers did a really good job of being yeah. like do I hate this person maybe I don't hate them yeah but I de- you definitely didn't hate uh, right Le- LeVar Burton's
3: character
4: yeah in Blanche was you know we loved him and then and the twists were even better any final thoughts on this episode
0: twists and turns is exactly I mean it didn't disappoint as a mid season premiere at all. Um, it's it. I will say this. I know I say this all the time, you guys. But this this one is. I have two favorites this season. This one is my favorite because of just all the places that it took us. And LaFour Burton was kicking butt. Did y'all see him? He I was, did. He was, I saw. It. He was moving. <laughs> um.
4: Yeah. I I will say, perhaps one of my favorite Christmas episodes. Oh.
0: You guys, if I was not in this chair, I would be on the floor. This oh wow, okay. It was the least Christmassy of the Christmas episode. It was in the Christmas spirit of giving.
4: Yes. I think that's what I liked was that it felt like it felt like, you know, being kind and 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 rewarding someone who was compassionate and kind and and kind of a hero to, to the people of his community. That is what I like. And that is a great message. That is a beautiful message. Yeah. All right. Well, we still have so much more coming up, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We got a chance to talk to the director of this episode, who also plays Parker, of course, Beth Reescraft. Let's discuss this episode and putting it all together.
3: Welcome (laughs) back, Beth. Thanks, girls. Thanks for having me. Thank you for
4: being here. Uh, I want to talk about directing this episode. Mm -hmm. First, let's talk about directing...
3: LeVar Burton. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was like a pinch me moment for <laughs> sure. Just meeting him was a pinch me moment and then getting to collaborate with him in that, you know, in that way. And um was, it was a dream. The first thing we shot together was, um, it was the blue screen of him and Elliot driving away from the library. And it was so funny because you know how fast things move, right? So I didn't really get to see him beforehand so we actually met when he's in the car on set I go over <laughs> and kind of introduce myself you know and we're going and it was just such a trip it was it was really really funny because you're in this surreal moment of blue screen anyway and you know all the elements you have to pop in later and whatever and it, they had so much fun doing that scene part of the time I was watching and I'm like oh, cut, because <laughs> I just got so sucked in a to the timing you know that the two actors found like Christian and him had such great chemistry and there's a great moment when LeVar chucks his phone out the window <laughs> and we had, I mean, probably six takes that were usable and each one was different because Christian just kept giving different reactions.
1: Don't. No tracers. It's a fool.
3: And cracking us all up. It was, it was just, it was a hoot. It was great. And then. You know, I got to know Lavar throughout the process of the shoot and saw what an... Ugh, he's just like the consummate professional. Mm-hmm. And we had a... It was a very physically demanding role. The show is anyway, but especially his role. And it was a lot of fun and there was hard, as you saw. And he just brought it, no matter what it was. At the end, we were all, like, tearing up with his performance and all the stunts and fights. He was game. He was there. He was, you know, after... All the years on set, sometimes you you don't know, you know these actors how they're going to be on set. They might be the kind that just want to be on set when they're needed, and they need their private time. And I respect everybody's process. But with him, he was so generous and so excited, and his love for what he does and storytelling is still so present. And I remember, you know, that day in the library, the shootout day was a really long day. Like the first half of the day, we did something crazy, like forty-two setups before lunch, which is normally like, that's like a day or whatever, you know, and then we still had this whole second half of the day to shoot all this uh, crazy stunt stuff. And he was there on set, ready to go, didn't mind waiting around, you know, physically doing his own stunts in there, just working his butt off. And, you know, just gracious and kind and understanding when something was taking longer. And I just it was a dream, especially, you know, for my first time, directing television getting the opportunity to work with him was one thing and then realizing what a an angel he is to work with and how kind and he calls me bethy (laughs) and it just was so sweet you know i he had talked to jonathan frakes and frakes and i have a great relationship and he calls me bethy too and you know people who know and love me get to call me that and so when lavar walks on he's like hi bethy (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh, we're family already, so it was really um it was really great, and uh, I really can't say enough, you know positive things about him. <laughs> <laughs> It was funny because you know it's a real it's a race, right? So being on the show, uh, prepping the episode, and then you're into shooting these long days and you don't really sleep. and I remember him there there actually may have been a moment. I might have been wrong about that. I can't remember when I saw him in the trailer, but either way, there was a moment in the hair and makeup trailer where he was like, have you have you been surviving on water and coffee? And I was like, yeah yeah I have been. he's like that's what happens when you direct <laughs> he's like you know you barely have time to, to sleep or do anything else but he's like are you losing weight we always all lose weight and I was like oh my god it's crazy <laughs> but you know at the very end he put his hands on my shoulders after we wrapped that last scene and he just looked at me with those intense eyes and he was like congratulations you're a storyteller and I was like <laughs> <laughs> you know we all just were like oh my gosh I didn't want it to end uh, it was so much fun yeah I uh I feel
4: like you built this relationship with uh Elliot and Copperhead and uh they are the buddy cop show we want. Yeah. And yeah. and I spin off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: and for you're, sure. And you're going to direct that spin off. Oh, hell yeah. I live like I I want to do it. Um <laughs> yeah, they I mean, like I said their chemistry was insane and you know, it's so great cuz there was no there was just no hiccup there. Those two just hit it off right from the second it started and they just flew with it and had so much fun. And, you know, the beauty of the show is we all trust each other. You know, we as scene partners where we have a lot of trust in one another. And so when the guest stars come in and have that same willingness to play and to trust each other and really kind of try new things and Um, explore it's such a gift and I felt like those two had that immediately and you know there's a really fun moment in when Parker's the hacker and they walk into that location Uh, LeVar was like we gotta we gotta throw in a G reference we gotta he's like we gotta (laughs) give him something are you kidding me I was like all right hit me what do you want to do like what should we do and then you know we riff that little moment at the end as he walks out and All that was born out of that spirit of play of him being like, wait, maybe this is where we can throw that in. And just it it was really just so fun the whole time because it was like working with someone I had worked with always which is rare some you know to find that and then he's the librarian like (laughs) yeah come
0: on i know who suggests amazing books for people to take them Mm -hmm. on magical journeys (laughs) outside of their own world so subtle where
3: did you find the inspiration for that (laughs) (laughs) i know it was pretty great i mean dean devlin was really the one who was like this is who we want to like we got to go for it and so there was you know um Quite a while we were, we didn't think we were gonna get him because of scheduling conflicts, and he was about to go right from our show, go direct another show. And so, the timing of it, we thought we were gonna lose him and not not get him. And so, we were trying to, you know, move forward and push to find somebody else. And there's so many amazing actors that taped and came in for the role. And, um, but there's only one LeVar Burton, there's only one LeVar Burton. So, when everyone got that call, there was a lot of cheering and excitement. <laughs> yeah. And you know, not to slight any of the other actors, they were amazing, but yeah he's such a legend it was like oh my gosh we hit the jackpot
0: and at the mid-season premiere too like Mm -hmm.
3: well it's funny at the time that was actually episode five so the order got rearranged a bit um but what a great way to kick off you know the second half Uh, and i think the riz storyline all that stuff it's like a great setup for that so it just worked out better that way yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Um there is a very specific uh, moment where we see um Elliot is being injected with the red haze and and the the episode kind of shifts and the, the the colors change and and everything about it. Can you tell us about making that?
3: Yeah, that was really cool. So that location um it was really crazy. So we knew that we had to kind of find a place that could be uh serve as many locations, right? So we had the library, which was actually a banquet room for weddings and stuff. <laughs> and our amazing production designer and our department and the whole team turned it into a library. They um, killed that. They had to bring had no clue. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot the amount of pounds of books that they had to ship in, but the number was like insane. Everyone's working overtime and just like. You know, going for it, but um, so we had the library, and then there was this. It's in Kenner, so it's this little town, and it does have all these little buildings and a planetarium and all this stuff. And you know, the end of the show, the bar party corporate thing was supposed to be like a corporate bar, in, inside somewhere, and blah, blah blah. So when we saw this location, we're like, well, <laughs> wait, maybe we could rework this and this. So the planetarium was also like a last minute thing. We. Had uh, polling booths pop up. I think our day, you know, started at like 6 a.m. I get to set and I lost the hallway and another location because a polling booth had popped up and we can't mess with voters and what they're doing there. So I had to, you know, pivot and figure out where else can we shoot these two scenes and, and do all that. So, um what was the question you asked me? I just went off on tangent. <laughs> no, but this what is was fascinating. That? It was about uh, the Red Haze oh, and haze. So that was actually in the same area. So it was this weird kind of like warehousey looking building with that great skylight and um due to time and whatever they built this this little kind of room and uh by the time we got there i had talked to christian about what he wanted you know with the stunt and he was very particular about even the ropes around his wrist and the type of chair and it was you know a lot to coordinate and then uh we had lucy who who you know is playing uh head of Riz which she's such a badass Um, but we're all in there and I was like okay I want this to feel kind of Kubrick-esque I want (laughs) her to kind and there was like a little nod to Sharon uh, Stone and Basic Instinct and I loved the way the lights were and we worked with the DP and we created something really cool visually and then Christian and I had talked and he's like you know there's a moment in this movie and where this effect happens and I talked to the special effects and we all work, worked it out like yeah we can do that in this moment and we brought in a turntable to set his chair on so he could be turning one direction and then the camera was going clockwise and mm. we just shot a bunch of footage that we knew we could intercut and then we knew we would have flashbacks to to plug in and so I had it kind of worked out and then you get there on the day and you have so much time so you shoot the heck out of it and I knew we could add warbly effects on the lens and, you know, bend the lens and do cool things to her voice to create the state of mind that he was going into. But it was really cool that we got to go kind of to a darker place with that moment because Elliot's backstory is so fascinating. And, you know, we've touched on it previously and leverage and other things, but you you kind of forget, I think, sometimes where he's been. And then when you're Mm. reminded of it, it's such a like it's such a heavy moment. Really, his protective nature and everything he does is because of what he's been through. And um, it was a lot of fun. Christian really went there emotionally. He got very vulnerable. He, you know, he just invested so deeply in that moment and it really paid off.
0: Yeah. Also, we got to see more of what R.I.Z. is capable of doing. Um, you know, we got, we have two new characters in the leverage redemption universe, but R.I.Z. is another entity that is a part of this too. And, and it's like the f- beginning of us, I feel like really understanding just how capable they are to do bad things. Like mm-hmm. what kind of things they have in their arsenal, how they uh, manipulate people, how they control people, like how, um, just, I guess how evil they mm-hmm. really, really yeah. are.
3: I should have known as you are. clowns. And it was important to make that known. You know, there was a minute where we were all asking a million questions. And I asked um, the writer of the episode to talk more about that with me as well. And later, um, well, actually, Kate Rorick sent me a great, uh, you know, sort of backstory on Riz and R.I.Z. Um, but it was super helpful for Lucy to also know some of that stuff. And she brought this great because, you know, learning about where she came from and now she's in a position of power and her stake in the game and how much she actually wants to acquire Elliot and his services. And it's a fun cat and mouse moment, but also for the bigger picture there, I mean, this private sector thing where it's like they're above the government. They're doing stuff that nobody can control. You know, it's not like the guy who's, I don't know, stealing money from charities. These people are actually globally running things on the black market, underground, like doing things that, the leverage team knows is possible, knows it's happening. But I think that's the great thing about the season is upping the ante with them. And then also giving our audience a break from the heaviness of that. Because if we sat in that, and I think really focused on it the whole time, it'd be a bit like too much with everything that's happening in the world, you know? So that's the great thing about the tone of the show is you get to balance that, you know, Robin Hood uh, sort of element where we go get them and, and really give it to them. But we, try to talk about things in a way that still have weight and you know, don't skim over the top of it you know to do a disservice but um that was that was exciting to be able to tap into that stuff
4: these episodes are full of easter eggs and we brought in an expert to help us out this season so let's take it to kate rorick
0: with kate's easter egg corner In this episode, the character of Robert Blanche was named after Robert Blanche, the actor, who played Detective Bonanno on the original Leverage series. We have a couple of Star Trek The Next Generation references in the episode as well, which uh, starred our guest star, LeVar Burton, and one of our favorite
3: directors, Jonathan Frakes. Oh, next time, why don't you guys hang out a little longer with me, you know? We could watch some TNG.
1: (laughs) Thing. We have a meeting.
0: Damn it! What's TNG? Hey, you guys hungry? Hungry, yo? I'm hungry. Okay, well we're gonna check out um, your favorite hair flip, fist thrower, and uh, amateur culinary expert. I would uh, say
4: professional culinary
0: expert. Okay, well don't tell him I said that. <laughs> but check out this interview with uh, Christian Kane. We
4: are sitting down with the one, the only, the Elliot Spencer, Christian Kane. Hello. <laughs>
1: Thanks for having me again. I love this place. Thanks for being back. back.
4: Yeah. Uh, I apologize about my Elliot Spencer. I'm now Did real pissed. to do it like I just, Elliot
0: Spencer? Was, yeah. yeah. Yep. Th- that's what she was trying to do. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Uh. <laughs> I understand.
0: Okay. <laughs>
4: yeah, one um,
1: more time. Just try it. Kick it off.
4: I can't. I can't now. Okay. It's too much pressure.
1: <laughs> right. This happened to a lot of people, to be honest with you.
4: <laughs> well, I, I want to talk about the bucket job.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, because this was such a fun episode. We get to see... Uh, Elliot, you know, kind of leading the the mark around. Mark is an odd word, but you know, the guy, yeah. uh, and also kicking butt, and also we get more into who Elliot is. This episode has a lot of Elliot.
1: Yeah, it's it's big, man, and uh, you know, it would it would be different if it was someone that we cast locally or someone that you know, but it was Lavar Burton. It's a household name. It's a yeah. it's a it's a piece of history in America. Um, so. To have Elliot be able to walk him around and of course, you know, the, um, as the plot thickens and we find out more about who he is, uh, you find out more about who Elliot is. And I thought that was fun instead of just gradually or, you know, kind of just give an exposition away about Elliot's character. Just let's write it let this time. It, we were forced to write it. They were forced to write it because Lavar's character actually opens it up. So that was, that was a lot of fun to me to go through that with him. Yeah. You know, it's been a lot. I've been this character for a lot of years, and, uh, and it was very fun to have someone like him to uh, to be able to pull that out of of my character. So it was a, it was an honor, and it was so much fun. And he's such a talented actor and a giver. I mean, he's he's he gives you everything that he's got, and that makes it easier for for you on the other side. Let's talk about some fighting
0: um, because Lavar Burton fights. It, <laughs> Yeah. Dude, that was like, what? Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Even Elliot's fun. reaction is like, whoa, what's going on?
1: Yeah. I, we had that. We played with that a little bit. It came in and it was, uh, it was, it became, you know, we we loved it. Of course, you always love it when you're rolling around on the mats, when you're rehearsing and, you know, street clothes. And then you get to the actual location and you say, wow, there's not a lot of room there. Or wait, this is going to take two hours to film because of either the way it's filmed or because, you know, you really have to split it up. And uh, so we had to cut it down. I've been doing that for 20 years now, you know, from Angel, from Rescue 7-7 to Angel to, to Leverage, to Librarians, to Almost Paradise, to this. I mean, we always have to cut it down. There's never a time where you actually get to go longer. He was a pro. He listened to what I had to say, listened to what other people, else, he he, ch- he chimed in, uh, and it, so it was so much fun, you know, because uh, I, don't, I don't remember how many fights he got onto in Star Trek. I'm sure there was a couple of them, but nothing like that, man. And he was a trooper, and he wanted to do it, and I... Didn't want to talk him out of it. Amazing. Yeah.
0: I loved it because it, like, in the Leverage, like, Redemption Universe, everyone has something to offer. And we see it twice in the season, once with LeVar and the other time with Stella, is that just age is just a number. Like, you still have something that you can give. So even though, you know, I think something in line with something like an AARP, like butt whooping or something like that, Um, (laughs) it's still he still has something to give, even though, you know, he's a little older.
1: Yeah. But you can't tell that with him. He's very spry. I mean, he really is. He, wanted he, to do. he seemed stuff, very the spry. The stuff with him yeah. and Noah at the table <laughs> in this episode, I just thought was fantastic, man. And, uh, you know, I, I was ha- I had to take the lead on that because I'm keeping the con down. But when you work with someone with Noah's uh, com- comedic talent and LeVar has the same, and just to watch those guys play, I forgot where I was for a second and had to get back into it. It was yourself. so much fun to watch him do that stuff, man. Yeah.
4: We've seen that our our team has evolved. Everyone's grown. They've learned other skills. Uh, Parker's learned to fight, um, and and we've seen Elliot invents now. So this was his chance to really take the lead, and I think that, that was so interesting. Yeah,
0: I mean that could just be like the growth over over time because they, you know, Elliot, Parker, and Hardison, they never stopped. Working in that space. Mm-hmm. In fact, they've expanded. So it made it was nice to see Elliot in a leadership role because he probably has been the leader, reluctantly maybe. <laughs> see,
1: I, I, I go the <laughs> other way around. I actually uh, the exact opposite. I think that Parker and Hardison did the whole thing, but they always did it together because the little lovebirds probably were just always doing their own. And I think Elliot had to shoot from the hip on his on his by himself the whole time. You know what I mean? Whatever con they did while we were off doing stuff without Gina, without Beth, without uh, without Sophie, they were you know they always put themselves in the same place. So that they could be together, and Elliot was probably always so on what, the outside are they on trying the,
0: to. The motorcycle and you, and Elliot's in the sidecar. I wouldn't <laughs> say that. I think. But I, think <laughs> I think. I
1: think. I think that. That. I think that. Hardison's in on the motorcycle, and, and Beth. Well, it might be the other way around. I think Beth's on the motorcycle. Hardison's in the sidecar, and Elliot's stuck in a basement somewhere with six guys trying to fight his way out.
0: With <laughs> chair arms as his new
1: arms, I as love that. scene. <laughs> what? Um, and they're based it off of Wolverine. Yes, okay. I
0: didn't want to say because like
1: who, she sorry, said it Who called it? Who Y'all, said, it? Y'all said it? I told I told but I was, Beth, like, it was
0: very much this, it was this. Yeah, Beth was, goes, Have you that? have
1: you read it yet? And I said and I said, No, I haven't read it, man, but I'm I'm looking forward to it and she said, You know, you're strapped to a chair I'm like, All right and I go, How am I strapped to a chair? She's like, You're sitting in the chair and you're strapped down I said, Here's what we do. I said, I do a back flip or a front flip, but well, we didn't know. I just said, I do a flip, make the chair completely bust, but the tied down things stay on me, and they're extended. These weren't really that extended because somebody got it wrong. But I said, and then he just does the Wolverine thing, and he just takes all these guys out. Now, there was only one guy in there. The original script, there were like three. So yeah. it was going to be a big fight. Uh, we We... we ran out of time and guys and budget but uh, <laughs> but I told her that right off the bat and it was, she just never backed down from that and she called the writing room that day and said here's what he wants to do make that happen and they did so that was fun but that was my little Wolverine moment just because drugged you know the you Jackman type thing and I mean Wolverine is you Jackman so thank you you for that appreciate <laughs> that
4: this episode also introduces uh, I would say one of the most uh, important characters or, or assets to this character the Chili I want to talk about this chili recipe. Rumor is this is your chili recipe.
1: It is my chili recipe. And uh, Beth said, can we use your chili recipe? And I said, sure. Uh, the, the beautiful Beth Reesecraft directed this episode, and she really wanted to use it. And so I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Uh, I put it, I put in like two different things there that, that actually made it mine even more so because I'd never done it before. So then I made it. It was fantastic. And uh, the chili re- <laughs> Yeah. And so that's uh, that's that was a that was a big part that Beth wanted. She actually wanted my my uh, my recipe. And there's some things that were maybe going to happen in the first run of Leverage uh, Redemption, uh, which which I ended up writing a lot of it recipes down. And those kind of got thrown out the window. The food truck, you know, it's just a whole bunch of different stuff. But uh, I think that uh, I think that now the chili recipes out there and the fact that um, people trust my self in the kitchen we'll see a lot more recipes coming out
4: yeah i love that i i definitely paused and was like looking through it it is a and that's an intense rest. Yeah, I mean, Can you see
1: the whole thing? Yes. Oh, I'm sure people are going to stop and, and 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 make it. And if you do, send me a picture on <laughs> Instagram.
0: That's the best part, though, when like some of what you love to do in real life crosses over to your characters, because you know you you grow you you grow vegetables. You were pickling, making pickles the other day. You know, like you're really into that. So it's it's cool to see Elliot do that too, and also you know just provides more shaping to his overall character. Like he's not just hair flips and fists. He right. um has, has layers and other. Uh, Creative abilities too.
1: Right. We touched on that the first go around on leverage. And, uh, you know, they wrote that in. Uh, A lot of it was because I love to cook so much. John Rogers kind of took that and ran. Uh, We did a whole kitchen episode where I got to fight my really good friend, Marshall Teague, another, you know, fight legend. He fought Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, and he came in. Dear friend of mine still to this day, we'd already done a film together. Uh, That was a great episode. Fiona, go back and look at that. But the cooking thing has always been his. He's always been cooking. He's always been doing this. We just haven't really seen what he's been cooking. And I feel like maybe we might get a little glimpse of that if we get to come back.
4: Yeah. We also get a glimpse of his family again, and mm. we haven't really seen them uh, since I would say season one yeah. of the original series. Um, how much of his family history do you know personally, and how much do you think we're gonna get to see?
1: Should we th- get season two? I have a theory on. Uh, I have a theory on that uh, by talking to Dean, talking to John Rogers, and you know, I. We have to create a backstory for a character. I have to know what's going on, so I feel like I do. Um, We've never met a family member of, of Elliot's. Uh, and somewhere along the the lines in the writer's room, I think people had forgotten that he's never, he hasn't talked to his dad. I mean, there's a whole speech in, in the first round of leverage where I haven't seen my dad since I was 18 years old. I left for the military and we never spoke again. And then I go back to his house to try to make amends and he's not there. He's either moved or we maybe thought that he passed. So they brought it back up and I guess he is still out there, but, uh, um, you know, but it's just, it's tough. And, uh, and it was, it was very cool because there was, there was a couple of ways that could have gone and through me speaking with some of the writers and, and, and asking them if this is okay, if I take this, this way to do it, they were gracious enough to let me have it. Cause you know, I've lived with this character forever and my backstory of him, cause we don't have one that I created and talked to other writers about it. Then that's what it was. And we filmed that episode and then we had to film the We had to film the, uh, we had to film the last scene of that episode whenever, uh, whenever I, after Christmas, we had to come back and shoot it. And as a lot of people know, my father passed over Christmas of COVID. And, uh, so Beth was out there in the street and we'd already done the episode. I mean, it's, you know, it's really emotional for me to talk about my dad, uh, now and also in that episode, but he wasn't gone yet. Yeah. He wasn't even sick at that point. So, um, so, when we came back, I was like, why won't anybody talk to me? I'm like, we just came back from Christmas. We were just back, and no one wanted to be around me. I'm like, there was, there was like a, you know, I thought, well, COVID's only six feet. This is 25. <laughs> and then I found out later on through Beth that nobody really wanted to be around me because they did not know how I was going to react of just going to my dad's funeral and driving yeah. into town, literally. And uh, and having to film that last scene. So that was kind of an important scene for me. And I kept it together, but uh, it it was it was tough. And and I'm looking forward to seeing this episode with everyone else um, to uh, to go through that which yeah. is going to be nice. Well, really our will.
0: deepest condolences Thank for you. It. And it just speaks to the fact that how much you guys are a family, so much so that they wanted to find the right words to say to
1: you. and Nobody and found them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Beth it's, found them about two months later, and she <laughs> said, no one wanted to talk to you that night. And I was like, well, I understand why now. Well, well we saw it and the performance. It was amazing. Like it. Yeah. Thanks, man. I can't wait to see it with everyone.
0: B-I-N-G-O. That's a game that did not have to go. We have a new bingo board for you to check out this season.
4: If you joined us last half season, we played bingo each week. This season, we are playing bingo through the season. So we're going to give you a couple bingo pieces each episode. If you have not yet gotten your bingo card, check it out at After Leverage. Let's start with Season 1, Episode 9, The Bucket Job. On your bingo card, you might find Elliot cooking. That's right, he makes Christmas dinner. We do see the food truck. We've added that to the bingo card this time. Harry has a taser in this episode, and he's happy to be on the offense. Hey, how's it going?
1: Offense. I like it.
4: And of course, R.I.Z. makes an appearance. We're sitting down with co-creator and consulting producer Chris Downey to discuss the bucket job. Thank you for being here.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. I have two words for you, mm. LeVar Burton. So how <laughs> did that come? Because we watched, uh, we watched the this, this, the second half together, uh, with the mid the mid season premiere, and all the episodes of filed. And I screamed when I saw. Lavar Burton on, on the screen um, yeah how did that come about because
2: uh, just like so many things just luck I- I'll take s- s- I'll take some credit because a- as a to. LeVar Burton I will I will uh, <laughs> you know it is I don't want to give anything away but he is a librarian in need and who better to cast as a librarian in need than than reading, reading Rainbow <laughs> um, and I-, I threw it out to Dean what about LeVar Burton and he immediately jumped at it he said let's Let's pursue it. And there's obviously we have a long list of Star Trek uh, next gen through Jonathan Frakes, uh, actors who've been on the show. And it just so happened that LeVar Burton, who doesn't act a lot anymore, was going to be directing an episode of NCIS New Orleans right after the show, right after we uh, wrapped. So he was going to be in New Orleans beforehand and it just worked out. I mean, I'm just so uh, the stars lined up. That's all I could say.
0: Wow, that is a, that's amazing. Because like you yeah, said, he doesn't really. Yeah, he's
2: absolutely wonderful. I mean, he's perfect for the part.
0: And it, he was perfect for the twist. Never would you expect that because in your head you're already kind of like going to the space. You're like, yes. it's LeVar Burton. It's the Reading <laughs> Rainbow. It's yes. not. And then he's like, pa 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 pa. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think somebody's like, you got their, their butt kicked by like AARP or something. That's my favorite That's episode. Oh, this, this, thank, thank this And I'm sticking by it. Because um, I always say everything's my favorite, so I'm trying to stick by one in this uh, second half. So it is the mid-season premiere for me.
2: I was, I was really <laughs> proud of that. I uh, wrote that with Jill Weinberger, um, again, from I worked with on Station 19, and just it was just a ball to ride it.
0: And we get a little of Hardison's character in there, too. You know, even though he's not physically seen, he's Merry Christmas. That's with yes. your Christmas present.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, Kate uh, Rorick, uh, the, our showrunner, said, let's make this a Christmas episode. And it just worked out wonderfully. So, I, I, you know, all, you I'll know, credit to her on that.
4: I want to ask about Christmas episodes. Why?
2: Oh, I love a Christmas episode. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that... Um, you know, it's it's obviously it's it's something that evokes a lot of feeling for people. Um, you know, it's an opportunity to do something a little off speed. I think people expect Christmas episode. You know, I, you know, obviously a very special episode has sort of a, a negative connotation. But I think if you do it right, I think Christmas episodes sometimes are people's favorites. Um, I'm uh, yeah, I'm a fan, and we've done. Our share of them on, uh, on Leverage. And then we also did a Halloween episode in the first batch, which was wonderful. So I'm all, I'm all for holiday-themed, uh, particularly when it's about a team of thieves. It's, it's kind of fun to have something uh, different. Something to, some thieves on Christmas is always a good combination.
4: Your art is so good that Parker may steal it. So let's check out the fan art right now. The official Leverage Redemption After Show is part of the Electric Surge Network on Electric Now. We recommend checking out some of our other original content like Inglorious Treksperts, The 430 Movie, and Best Movies Never Made. Finally, a very special thank you to Bill Ritter, Patrick Meany, and everyone at Electric Surge Network, our producers, Natalie Michelli, and of course, Dean Devlin, without whom this show would not be possible. Thank you again to our incredible guests this episode. We still have so much more coming up. The rest of this season but we really appreciate you sticking with us and being here for the mid-season premiere
0: and speaking of sticking you can stay right here and watch all eight episodes of our after show and follow us on social media at after leverage on twitter and instagram
4: and until next time i'm yell teagle i'm Felicia michelle and this has been a a very very distinctive distinctive podcast. podcast